0: Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. Hey, Sean, how's it going?
1: It's going, Meg. How are things with you?
0: Um, pretty good since we talked, you know, like 15 minutes ago. You know, not, not much has changed.
1: I mean, we're not in
0: the snow anymore. We're I am. Oh, yes. Oh, I yes. We were playing with together mode and changing our screen. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll post that. I'll post that to Instagram. I don't know if you said anything offensive. Did you say anything offensive? Uh,
1: possibly. Who knows?
0: All right. If so, I'll edit it out
1: we can we can always let people know that I say offensive
0: things all the time. Oh, I protect you. I protect you from the masses. I protect you from yourself. With my mad editing skills.
1: People should know I say offensive things. So, do you... Or five, let's, let's tangent right off the bat here. Um, right. There is Bring an it. app called, like, I think it's called Nextdoor or something like that. It is an app that's like a Facebook-type application. It's just a broad bulletin board-type application, but it's mm-hmm. for localized communities. Like, So, like, it will be, like, the Simsbury... In my area, it's, like, the Simsbury, Bloomfield, Avon, Canton area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm using my hands to show...
0: Because I, I didn't know what you meant. Thank you for the yep. hand
1: gesture. Um, anyways, and so... So, on it, there is... Just people like post shit all the time. It's like a whole bunch of Karen's and Bob's fucking mm-hmm. complaining about everything. It's the most like all the reasons that I hate social media exist on this like one page except it's very localized mm-hmm. And so I get I, I, I get so drawn in by it by people's stupid fucking complaints. I want them all to go to hell and die. In the like worst way possible. However. Someone posted. An essay. That was written. By someone. That was schizophrenic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the schizophrenic person. Was essentially. In, the, in like I don't know why. Why this person posted this like there's no context around it whatsoever there is an essay written and you can tell that the per- like aside from the person eventually kind of gets into like his schizophrenia by by just touching on it but kind of more in the like blame victim model type of things like whereas like not coming to grips with like hey maybe I do have fucking problems and like some of this like stuff that I portray isn't or I feel or see or hear isn't real um, and I don't know why the person posted it, but it if you've ever wanted to get into what a schizophrenic's mind is like, this was an excellent read. I was like, oh, this is way out there.
0: My first question for you, do you remember what I do for a living besides Dude,
1: coaching? Dude, I, I totally do,
0: but- Okay, okay, just, it, just, it, it just was, it. and for those that don't know, um, I have- um, I, I specialize in trauma and I am a counseling therapist. So I do, um, see a number of individuals with mental illnesses and I also work as a paramedic. So I'm doing, um, 911 emergency response. And I want to say, depending on, in COVID, it was a lot higher, but let's say 25 to 50% of our calls are, uh, mental illness, suicidal ideation, um, so yes, I'm completely familiar with um the disorganized thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was I mean yeah. exactly. The essay was disorganized thinking, like mm-hmm. be like
0: welcome to my world, babe.
1: Be like mm-hmm. be like portrayal of events, like you're like, I know, where is this all going? What is the point? Yes. It was it was wild. Anyways.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: but I now second point. Not not a question, not a question. Um, I don't have next door for that reason, because it's like typically just complaints about the mail carrier, the dump, a barking dog, um, kids doing something. I, I just I I can't handle it. I can't.
1: Dude, it's like I can't go there. It's such whiny ass first class fucking world problems. You're exactly. like, <laughs> it's, yes. so, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But it cracks it, it, it to a certain extent, it cracks me up because it's, it's, and like, it doesn't matter, like, what you post on there, someone is going to have some, like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever, like, comment. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so ridiculous. So, I mean, in going down this, they're talking about opening a lottery in Connecticut for bear hunting. Um, okay. Because bears.
0: A lot of them in Connecticut. There's a ton. So, yes.
1: Becoming so, so populous, right? So yep. they're, they're really becoming um invasive to yes. the suburban areas, right? And the person's comment is, that, like, it's just like, you just, like, there's just so many really fucking dumb people in the world. You like, it just, it baffles me. And like, why you would put it out there. you like don't understand a topic so so like blatantly like you're like ah the the person's (laughs) complaint was so now they're gonna hunt bears in neighborhoods shouldn't we be worried about shooting kids in houses by accident somebody said that yeah that was that was the person that was like they're gonna open a lottery to hunt bears because they're becoming invasive and they thought the hunting was going to go out in like the suburban neighborhoods. Wow. Right. Like, yeah. So anyways, that was, that was, that was, yeah. So next door neighborhood or whatever
0: the hell it's called. (laughs) That's why I'm not on it. I can't, I can't my, yeah. Nope. I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to stay centered, I'm trying to stay on game, which actually, hey, look at that. I sort of led into our topic today. I was going
1: to say, you're just going right, right into the topic. I didn't,
0: I didn't, I wish I could say I did it on purpose. I started, as I started saying that, I was like, oh yeah, well, I'm a, I'm on topic. Look at me.
1: <laughs> what is our topic, Megan?
0: Well, performing under pressure and we're going to talk today about it, it, and it could it could relate to a race um performance anxiety it could relate to you know a big presentation you have to do at work it could be you're nervous about an upcoming situation how basically how do we self regulate how it do we self regulate so we can perform to the best of our capacity
1: relate to erectile dysfunction
0: it could but I hadn't prepped that for this podcast. I think that's, that's like two podcasts down the, down the line.
1: Is it? I mean, I mean, it is performance anxiety.
0: Yes, possibly. it could. Yes, it could. Yeah. But that was our special topic that you wanted to talk about because of your friend. I'm making air quotes because <laughs> <laughs> of your friend <laughs> that needed help. And I said that he should go to the doctor and get his blood pressure checked. Just blood pressure? Well, yeah, that that sort of relates to it, but again, I don't want to ruin that for our upcoming podcast. What if we get testosterone levels checked? What if we just that too? Well, that's part of it. There's a whole panel of blood work, but again, it's a it's spoiler. I didn't want to go there and ruin what we were going to talk about with your about your friend in the next upcoming podcast. Maybe we can bring my friend on the podcast. We could. You have friends? I have two of them. Yeah, you're sitting with one.
1: Fucking, <laughs> fucking next next guest we get on the fucking podcast, going to be really sad when I bring this. <laughs> no, gonna
0: up. be like, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about not another running story. Wait, <laughs> I tell didn't sign a, up for this.
1: Tell me about your erectile dysfunction. Anyways, um, if you're looking for ED pills, Pims, <laughs> there we go. We'll go, we'll, wow, start, we... we'll start, we'll start, we'll plug start plugging plugging sponsors that we don't have, Megan.
0: Yeah, true. True, true, true. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so, yeah, boy, we squirreled really fast on that one. Yeah, as that's what we do. Appropriate. though. Yeah, it is. It is what we do. It's genuine. This is this is who we are. We're not hiding it.
1: This was much like my topics of conversation on my long run today.
0: Yeah. How far did you go today?
1: Uh, a little over 17. Really, <laughs> really, really, really. really we actually were pathetically slow,
0: but it was okay. It was an enjoyable day. You got it done. That's all that counts.
1: We got this. you got
0: it. You got it done, and you're here with me. So, dude,
1: it was honestly a super beautiful day here in Connecticut. Um, I mean, before this next nor'easter comes through, uh, it was chilly to start, and then warmed up and sunny. Sunny on top of the fricking the mountains over Castle Craig and West Peak.
0: I just I just left Connecticut. And when I left Connecticut this morning, it was very cold. And as soon as I got into Massachusetts, I was like, oh, they have snow on the ground. And as soon as I got back to my house, I'm like, oh, yep, we have about a foot of snow in our yard. So and when I was in Connecticut, the crocuses and crocuses, you know, the the bulbs are up. And I was like, I was was in my pair. I was walking down my parents walkway. And I I was like, boy, they better go away because it's going to get more snow and they're not going to be very happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're. I mean, we're gonna get supposedly hit in this next snowstorm. Whatever.
0: Yeah, same here. I mean, it's it's still it's still winter, so. Yeah, I mean, you're. Go.
1: Yeah, that that nor'easter is actually hitting. Like it'll probably hit you guys harder than.
0: I think it's Tuesday. Light, light yeah, for
1: us. And, sun be and stuff like that. Anything
0: well, like that? in all seriousness, though, the the ski slopes desperately need the real snow. It has been so. I, I, those businesses have really, really, really been struggling, you know, cause they just make snow and then it gets all icy and it's, it hasn't been good.
1: Last, um, last month has been pretty good. Has I,
0: yeah. That last snowstorm, that last, last snowstorm was last like a moneymaker. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's, been, it's been better. Um, I think the, probably last weekend was, I would argue probably one of the busier weekends I've been out skiing. Um, oh Yeah. It was it was way more crowded than I expected it to be. Well, I take that back. I did. I expected it to be crowded. It was just very much so. But, so, anyways, back to topic. Back yeah. on topic.
0: Boom. So, performance anxiety.
1: Not erectile you, dysfunction.
0: No, ne- that's the next one. Next podcast. Don't ruin it. So, what are your thoughts? What like leading into this? When you think about, like, getting nerves, um, anxiety, getting in the way of you doing what you need to do, what are, I don't know, what do you think? What's so, been your experience?
1: So I don't mind. I've dealt with a lot of in-the-moment performance anxiety, and that does not bother me. Um, by that, I mean... Right, like I think most people prior to a race, and I mean the immediacy of a race, like the morning of whatever, have some sort of anxiety. That's why we all go to the bathroom thirty-six fucking times. Um, that's why sometimes, most most times, it's harder to sleep the night before, a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of anxiety. Um, where performance anxiety. Affects me personally, and I think where people don't realize how it sometimes affects them is when you're looking at long term stuff out, right? So, say you have like a performance goal for a race three months out or four months out, and you start looking at it, and you especially for some people if you publicize that it becomes mm-hmm. like a very real thing whereas like before it's like it, maybe you have a conversation with one or two people maybe you just keep it personal and there's no real anxiety there but when you put it out there to lots of people then there becomes an expect or a feeling that there should be an expectation on the event um and in a lot of things we don't have a lot of control over a lot of the factors that exist in that and you set expectations and there becomes anxiety behind that even though there probably shouldn't be that's so for me that's like I don't like to set I don't like to publicize my personal goals um I know on the podcast two podcasts ago I think that's about to be dropped um Sam and I discussed what my goal for Western States is, um, now.
0: Well, I, our, our last podcast was goals and struggles, So I think the three of us did put it all out there. So,
1: yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's a little, little different and like goals and struggles. It's like, I don't like the Western States thing. Goal is one thing, right? Like, um, some goals are are different, right? Like I would find it very easy to put a goal on something like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds in like a, six months or some, something like that, right? Like that wouldn't stress me out. It's the goal, the publication, and then the one-time shot to get it right,
2: mm.
1: right? Like that's, that's the thing. It's like you do all this work and then you get one shot to get it right. And there's so many things in that one shot that you can't control. And so that's, that's where anxiety for me comes from. I also get, I get anxiety prior to hard workouts sometimes.
0: So just circling back to the, to the first point. So others, others and how they view your performance can actually affect your performance. If you, if you consider that. Is that what you're saying like it's I don't know if I said that right but you're getting you're getting feedback from putting it out there publicly so are you concerned about how others will see you
1: yeah maybe it's 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 a perception of um of others vice the goal and the performance itself right it's like it's like how you would you're and it's the idea that if you put this out there to other people, the expectation on you is to do that. And then Mm -hmm. in some way you internalize that and it becomes, I'm letting them down by not performing in that way. Right. That makes sense. I'm a people pleaser, Megan.
0: Yeah. So, so what about then, then what's the, what's the thought behind hard workout next day? Is it kind of like, Oh my God, tomorrow is going to be really hard. And you're just anticipating that effort. Yeah. 100%
1: 100%. That's easy, like. That's that's Yeah. Fine. Um yeah. and most of the time like that doesn't affect outcome, right? Like the long-term goal publication sometimes affects outcome. But
0: and I remember videos um when when Scott Jurek was racing super competitively. Have you ever seen him at at a start line? No. Okay, he, at the beginning of races, he, uh, you know, he's right at the front, obviously. Um, he would scream this, like, guttural, primal scream, like, on your mark, and he'd go, Wah! it's it, go, boom. He would do that at the start of every race, and somebody asked him about it, and at least on, I don't know, it was a podcast or something, I heard him on, and he said it's nerves. He goes, yeah. he goes, it's just how I learned to get my nerves out. That was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I don't, like, on the at, on the event day, that doesn't bother me. Like, like, the idea of once once it's there, like, that I can handle. It's the long-term, like, it's almost like the chipping away. Like, there's, like, it's always there. You know what I mean?
0: The reason I... Thought about the Scott Jurek thing is because I am probably uh, the opposite of you, and well, it for me it's it's all about the immediate performance. Like the most nervous I would get is, and I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before. I remember, you know, when I was running track, you know, and they have the gun, on your mark, get set, and in between the get set and the boom from this from the start gun. Like, I swear to God my heart would would come out of my chest. It was and it was really that moment is the anticipation of of the effort and the pain and the outcome, everything just in that is what is it one second? You know, between that period. So that's probably the most nervous I ever get when it comes to that type of performance. <laughs> long term, those who know me often know that I'll have a really good idea and commit to it and go, Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. And then I'm like, what did I sign up for? Like sometimes I just, I just don't even think about it until it's, until it becomes, you know, very real, like, Holy God, I'm, I'm really doing this. Um, my main issue with performance. So I'm a person, I do not do well under pressure. Um, I don't procrastinate and I don't procrastinate because that builds that builds pressure and anxiety inside of me. Um, so, so it, it, I can remember when, when I was in uh, paramedic school, uh, we had a series of medical boards that we had to do to get our national license. And I was so nervous. Um, I had, there, there's this one um, scenario and it's, you know, they give you a dummy and machines and you have to play out different scenarios before an instructor and you have to hit certain things. You have to, you know, do certain meds and this and that. Anyway, so I had a cardiac arrest scenario and I did it just fine. And, but I was so nervous. I looked at first, I looked at my watch afterwards and my, my heart rate was 140 during this. right? Right. And then here's the, uh, here's the kind of funny, embarrassing part. So when I was done, um, I had gloves on and I was like, Oh, so I took a breath. As soon as the instructor told me, I passed and I hit all the points I needed to hit. I took the gloves off and I put my hands on the desk, like right in front of where he was sitting. And my hands were so sweaty that when I picked him up, I left sweat handprints on his desk. And like, he looked at me and I looked at him. I was like. I'm sorry. That's, that's really gross. <laughs> and I got, I got the wipes and I started cleaning it up and I just wanted like the world to swallow me up. I just want, but I was so nervous that couldn't, I couldn't help it. Um, yeah. So I have to do whatever I can on a daily basis to keep my anxiety down. Cause it naturally as a, as a person, I have a ton of energy, just a ton. That's how how I roll. And that energy can just get out of control at times. So, and, you know, we are talking about my job. So as a paramedic or, and sometimes as a therapist, cause we do, you know, we do have crises there. Um, you'd think about my job and think, well, yeah, I mean, my life is, <laughs> my life is performance, you know, especially like someone crashes on the side of the road and we have, you know, ugly medical scenarios to take care of and blah, blah, blah. That That doesn't, those scenarios don't get to me in the moment because of all the work that I've done on centering myself and my anxiety and taking care of myself. However, if we have a scenario like that, what I typically find is about maybe two hours later, once everything has calmed down, I'll go, oh my God, and it'll, and it'll hit me like a, like a delayed response. Um so i have some things i have some things that i do to calm down Ma- mainly music music is the biggest one music and it's also helps to um talk things out with my colleagues like we replay the call we replay the medical call and and we'll be like okay well we did this could we have done this would it have helped if we gave this drug instead um that that helps or we're just like oh my gosh could you believe that guy holy moly i totally didn't expect that and just literally walking through the scenario with somebody afterwards tends to help. Um, But it, uh, yeah, it's, it's afterwards when it hits me, I think I can control the before at this point in my life, Mm -hmm. but I have to be really mindful of the, of the after.
1: Yeah. For me, the, I can, the, the after in, in almost any case, especially like in the scenarios that you described, like, in the military, when I was in the Navy, we would have, I mean, shit would happen, right? Like stuff would go wrong and it's just instinct. It takes over. You do whatever you do. Right. There's a lot of self-efficacy that existed prior because of drills and all that other stuff where I would get, take issue with stuff is, um, performing like the anticipation of performing drills prior to them happening.
0: Yes, that's worse. That's, 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 yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Where where I did not, that I would have it, that that I would take issue And it's not, it's not because in the scenario when it's real, you, I can deal with it, has a real thing. It's the, it goes back to my thing about like the expectations of my actions, like from other people's perceptions, right? So, so when you do drills, a lot of times it's in front of, other yep. people that are grading you on whatever that is. Right. So That's it's just it's,
0: like my boards. Yeah, it's the, exactly. It's expectation, yeah.
1: And a oh. lot of times in the military, it was unreal expectations. Like the, you're like, right. this is like, and if, if I did this in real scenario, everything that you docked me on, you wouldn't give a shit about cause this, the outcome's exactly. still going to be the same, but right. you're going to be like very judgmental about every little thing that happens here. And I have to be perfect. And that, that caused, unnecessary strain and stress. Now, I, I wish I was like one of those people that just didn't give a fuck, but I do.
0: Me too. I know. I want to be, I want to be one of those people that's like easygoing, can go with the flow, can adapt. I mean, I'm not that person and I work on a daily basis to adapt because I think adaptation is in my mind, the key to not only survival, but to, um, performing well and to adjusting with whatever reality is actually hitting you because yeah. Yeah. It just, we, we just, it's like rolling with the punches. I I actually have to work on that, but I'm getting better at it.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think for me where there's a lot of self-efficacy, like where I've like past performance, like leads, right? Like I don't get test anxiety for My work, right? Because like, I don't get honestly. If you tell me we're taking a multiple choice test almost any given time, like I have enough confidence and enough background that I can say I've always done well. Blah 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 blah. Right? Like I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because there's so much self-efficacy that exists prior to that that I can say, okay, I know what the outcome is most likely going to be unless something else happens. Now, when it comes to running x y or z there's not enough background information to really dictate how that's going to be right especially
0: to figure out how you're going to adapt you're going to adapt but the question is how are you going to do it what's it going to entail how much pain how much discomfort how much you you have no idea sometimes even if it's
1: possible right like yeah i mean to run x y or z if you like once you put a time goal on it it's like, well, what does that mean? Do I feel confident that I can run 100 miles? Yes. Do I feel confident that I can run 100 miles in sub 20? M- maybe. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet my life on it, right? Like, but I mean, is it, is it possible? Probably. Do I think I could do it in sub 18? No. Right. Like, but is that like, does my mind hold me back? But I have nothing to say. I have no, no prior information that would lead me to believe that, even in the best case scenario, I would be able to run a sub eighteen hundred miler. Right. So, like the best I can do is like I could probably do a sub twenty, given the right conditions.
0: But actually, I mean, I, sports psychology-wise, that's probably a massive limitation because maybe somewhere in there you do have the have the ability to run to run that speed who knows right if you do
1: well that's that's kind of where we're at megan that's what we're yeah. trying to do right trying to like yeah. figure out where the limitation is but that's the thing about like 100 milers is you, even with even if you're a marathon runner or like you give a speech twice a year or whatever it is if you don't have a bunch of background information leading up into it your confidence in your ability to perform is less, right? Like, yeah. like I have a like I have a sle- like like I said multiple choice test. Whatever, It doesn't matter. Just give it to me, like, like, boom. I have so much background information in that specific field, or like even even really just test taking in general, but specifically if if you give me a multiple choice, like it's um that it doesn't create any anxiety with me whatsoever. Um,
0: And every professor instructor that I think I've ever had has said to me, Megan, you overthink (laughs) like, yes, that's a fact. I do. And at my age, I don't think it's going to change it. I overthink everything. And when it comes to exams, so I'm really I'm really book smart. I feel very confident about that. However, Um, I get very nervous when it comes to tests. This is going to sound so trivial because I just want it to be perfect. I do not want to get one wrong. And I'm that person. So this is going to like people are going to want to kick my ass about this one because it is really dorky. But like I get a, you know, I get a 98 on an exam and I'm going immediately looking at which one did I get wrong. And why? And did I really get it wrong? Well, this is what I was thinking. And I'm the person that emails the professor and says, well, yes, you asked the question in this manner. But did you consider that? And then I'm like citing paragraphs from the books. It's really, really, it can be really obnoxious. However, that that piece of me has also allowed me to learn a lot. And I, at least in in my work now, I am surrounded by people that have been doing um doing the job for years. And I ask them these questions and they will take the time and explain it to me. Like, you know, we didn't give that medicine because. And I say, Well, well, why didn't that doesn't make sense? The mechanism of action indicates that and they'll go, Well, wait, they'll walk me through it. So I'm fortunate to have people that are patient enough with me at work so I can continue to learn because I think like if if you are skiing and you fly over the edge and your bones are sticking out of your leg and your guts are all over the place and and I'm the one who comes up to take care of you don't you want me really thinking about how I take care of you I'm considering all scenarios I'm considering my past experience I'm considering maybe stuff that I haven't tried before I'm thinking about what my protocols are I'm thinking I I always have a I always have a plan and I have a best case scenario and a worst case scenario. So when I'm treating somebody, I have this plan in the back of my mind. If you go south, this is what I'm going to do. I don't tell you. I don't I don't tell the patient, of course, because that would really scare them. But I know that if something hits the fan and they they get sicker or something happens very quickly, I'm prepared and all the stuff I need is right next to me. So do I overthink? Yes. Does it it makes testing horrible because I read every question and then I'm trying to break it apart where all I had to do was just answer the damn thing. Cause I have the knowledge. Just like, I get in my own way. It depends on whether,
1: whether it creates an inability to act. So right. Like everything in my background, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I've, what you explained in paramedic life is what I've, lived since I've been 20 years old like it's scenario react to the scenario based upon past information now
0: right yeah
1: but I don't I I, most of the time it's like I said I don't some of it is just not conscious it's just all right this is a scenario like this is what we're gonna do let's do this and now how does that affect x y and z Right. right like we've 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 stabilized the situation and a lot of times the quicker that you stabilize the situation the less impact it has outside of whatever situation it is so so that's the way i will like deal with the immediate action and then anything that exists outside of dealing with that immediate action we can take the time at that point to assess but in, you, for most of the stuff, there's, there is not a delay in the action side of things. At least there hasn't been in my past.
0: What do you use either for yourself or the people you're working with? And it could be athletes or it could be at your other job. What tools do you use when you see somebody else either getting in their own way, getting too nervous or, potentially just causing themselves to fail before they even start? What's your go-to's?
1: It, d- it depends on where, what's driving the situation, um, it's, right? Like, it depends on who it is. It, there's, mm-hmm. like, I, a lot of times, right, right? Every guy ever fucking exists on this planet, like, dealing with their wife or any significant other is like, just fucking relax, oh. right?
0: Oh, <laughs> That's a yep. sure way to just get shot,
1: dude. For for one hundred percent, but <laughs> the that's, dumbest I,
0: thing to ever say. If you hear nothing from this podcast, when somebody's stressed, do not tell them, "Relax, chill out, it's okay." That relax. is the worst thing you can say. <laughs> Don't like, do that. <laughs> um,
1: but like, dude, god damn it. Sometimes, like, we were talking about like trivial shit, and you're like, uh just fucking relax." Totally, totally wrong move, right? Like, sometimes it's just. Do you just want, are you, are you looking for a solution or do you just want a vent? Like what, what, I need to know what direction we're going here. And sometimes I just need
0: clarification on that. But and,
1: pa- and that goes- Look,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to pause because you just made a great point. That is one of the best things that we can ever say to another human being when they are struggling is exactly what you just said. So I really wanted to pause and point that out is I hear you. Do you, do you need advice or do you want me to just sit here and listen? that so, can avoid people saying dumb things that potentially make the situation worse. So that, yeah, that's, you nailed it right there. I think that's so, great advice. So
1: that's like, that's like number one, right? Like, you mm-hmm. you're talking about someone freaking out and like having like now it depends on the scenario, like in a scenario where it's like, you have to take action regardless it's either make the move. We'll deal with the consequences, learn from it. Right or get the fuck out of the way. Cause I'm going to take over and take the situation over. Right? Like that's, and that's a mm-hmm. real life scenario. But like, like I said, dealing with like another athlete dealing with a family friend, a friend, my wife, whatever it might be, I need to know what they're expecting out of the interaction that we're going to have first. And then that will kind of dictate how the scenario plays out. Now with like athletes, a lot of time it's like, okay, so what is your past experience told you like where where do you think this plays out like how what is what do you think is happening and what do you think is going to happen um and once i understand where that exists then i can either cite different instances that would lead them to believe that their performance options are better right and it's always easier for a coach to look and say well like look at this example and look at this example and look at this example right it's all that self-efficacy that we're mm-hmm. talking about right than it is to do it like internally yourself um which is one of the great reasons to have a coach and so so that is what I do with a lot of my athletes if they have um struggles with performance on whatever day or prior to whatever event or whatever it might be um a lot of times like like you said it's your favorite thing to say is or one of your favorite thing to say is like sometimes just holding space for someone. if that's not if they don't need a solution to the problem if they just want to puke on you with mm-hmm. their emotional yeah. puke um then that's that's an option sometimes you just need to get it out um in whatever scenario that is in life um And that's okay too. I let I let my athletes do that, too. I let my wife do that to me all the time. My son, my son likes to emotionally puke on me and I want to. And because he's a boy, I like immediately want to solve all his problems. But his brain doesn't work that that like that way. He doesn't. He just wants to emotionally puke on me. Uh,
0: So the other day, um, my my youngest was upset and. I want to fix. That's my job in life. Like I want to, I want to fix. I want to make everything better. Right. I'm working on this. So I was sitting with her in her room and I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and we're talking and I'm giving her advice and, And I said, yes, I just want to fix this for you. And she, she looked at me and she goes, I really appreciate that. But she goes right now, she goes, I just think I need to feel exactly how I'm feeling. She goes, I'm really not ready for solutions. She goes, and I'm probably not going to be ready for solutions until I'm done feeling this. And I was like, yeah, I think I was the one that was supposed to say that I was the one that was supposed to know that (laughs) it was like, I I couldn't even believe she articulated that to me. I, I went oh yeah, like, but it's, it's, I find it's much harder, the closer I am to the person, um, the more I want to fix them, because it's so incredibly challenging to see someone you love in pain,
1: right, yeah, yeah, and like, and that's the thing, is like, like they said, like, my son comes home, and he's like, fucking, sometimes he's just spinning, and you're like, look at, look at this, look at this, and I'm like, talk, just let him talk. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And I'm not, not, I'm not a therapist for a reason, Megan.
0: <laughs> um, I agree with everything. I agree with everything you just said. I think that, um, you know, in an emergency, if I know at work that if we're doing, um, if we're doing a medical procedure and sometimes I just can't get it, you know, it's not working or whatever. Oftentimes, with my partner, we'll just trade off. It's not it's 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 almost unspoken, um, because sometimes I can't do something, but somebody else can, or vice versa. It doesn't mean that either of us are better. Just it just is what it is. So you know, getting that ego out of the way to step aside if you can't do what needs to be done is super important. Um, I work a lot with people on anxiety, and. My, the biggest tools that I use, um, first, um, so, okay, so let's, let's have a little, let's have a little practice session. You willing? Yeah, yeah you can do it. You can do it. It's super easy. So, and everybody listening to the podcast can do this too. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. First one is just body awareness, right? And when I start to spin out of control, when you're anxious, I almost think of, it's like, it's like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh and you're just spinning above yourself like you just got too much energy and you're just going and going and going so a lot of times you just need to settle into where you are so i'll say okay root your sit bones no 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 (laughs) i mine is well i guess that would work technically but my first thought is be where my feet are take a breath be where my feet are and so i'll start just to go through body awareness and i'm like okay so i'm sitting cross-legged um on my couch right now My right leg is in front of my left. And so my feet all the way up to, you know, my lower back on the couch. I'm like, okay, so I actually feel the couch. I can like feel my clothes, can feel my socks. And then, you know, I start to move up my body and I'm like, all right, okay, now I'm leaning back against the couch. And then I start to be aware of, wow, like I'm really not breathing very much into my stomach, like relax your stomach. Everybody has areas where they, where they hold tension and I just move up the body accordingly. I'm like, okay, this, you know, my hands, I have, you know, rings on my hands. I have my watch on, I can feel my shirt. I just be where you're at. And you can do that in like five seconds or you can, you know, take a couple minutes and really just get back into your body. I think that's the, that one, um, that one I use a lot just because sometimes we just have to slow down right? Are you in your body now? Are you Solid where your layer. feet are? Okay, good. Good. I was just checking. <laughs> well, that, that's, and, Oh, I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead.
1: It's okay. I was say that's one of those things, right? Like in races, when uh, a race is going south, it's not, and you're like, maybe you're fixating on whatever's bothering you. It's like, well, let's check in with the rest of the body. Like, where's this? Where's this? Being aware exactly. of this, being aware mm-hmm. of that you're like, oh, well, this doesn't feel good, but this feels okay. Well, like, let's concentrate on moving this and, like, let's, right, like, however that is and just being aware, how are you, how's your breathing going? And that's that's one of those things that, like, has an athlete moving through space in whatever time you are at, like, sometimes you have to take that full body awareness in and lose the focus on whatever, whatever's driving the attitude in the wrong direction, right? Like, and some... And sometimes, as an athlete, you have to focus on whatever is driving the attitude in the wrong direction to change that around. So so it's not an all or one, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I can focus on something else and it'll just alleviate. Sometimes you have to, like, accept that that's what's going on and move on from that. But
0: Yeah, I think about it like getting out of your head, getting out of the anxiety and stepping into reality, Mm -hmm. right? Here is this, this is where I am. And at this moment, as you and I are doing this podcast, um, I mean, I'm not anxious at this moment at all, but you know, pretending I was, I'm safe. Everything's okay. Like I'm not hurting. Um, there's no danger around me. Um, you know, I might be nervous, but I'm okay. Just sitting on, sitting on this couch, cross-legged, talking to you. And then, you know, then go from there. Um, the other thing I use a lot, and I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'll like talk this through. So you have to, you have to do it as I talk it through. Okay. The other one I use is box breathing. And for anybody that doesn't know what, what box breathing is, um, think about, I, I start with the number four. I don't know why you don't have to use the number four. You can make it smaller. You can make it bigger, but, um, so what I'm gonna have what I'm gonna have Sean do in a second is inhale to the count of four, pause for two, exhale for four, pause, begin again. Okay. So
1: So you and, do four, two, four, two?
0: That's what I do. The numbers wow. are because yeah, I always
1: do, do four, 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 four.
0: Do that too. It doesn't matter. Do what and and really anybody listening. Um, the reason I typically make the pause smaller is because when I'm working with somebody, if they're, if they're really nervous and really worked up, asking them to hold their breath, like you and I could easily do it right now. Cause neither of us are nervous, right? There's nothing going on. But if somebody, if I need to get somebody's blood pressure down, or if I'm working with an athlete before a race, or if I'm working with somebody, you know, as a as a, as a therapy, um, client in my office, that's getting anxious. I always, I start where it's easily obtainable and I'm like if you can hold it for longer that's great you know so right. that's that's how I do it so okay There's, so we're, we're gonna saying. we're gonna do this we're gonna walk oh, okay. through it I'm we're sorry. gonna walk through it so everyone knows what we're talking about so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be my my guinea pig so Sean you're gonna inhale for one two three four pause one two Exhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. And then you're beginning it again. And now you know what John's nose breath sounds like. (laughs) That's fucking anti-AMSR.
1: Anyways.
0: (laughs) But, But like, and to get, to take that a step further, like once you've done that, um, A lot of times, okay, anxiety comes from not feeling what's actually going on, all right? Anxiety, there's, anxiety, I always think is the tip of the iceberg, okay? You're seeing that little piece on the top, but there's a heck of a lot more going on underneath. So once you've done your breathing and settled in for a minute, then what I ask people to do is on their, during their breathing, you can breathe in and like, what am I feeling? Oh my gosh, mate, I'm actually sad. I'm not anxious. I'm really sad or I'm really scared. Pause, exhale out the sad, okay? Is there, then, is there
1: a difference between fear and anxiety?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, anxiety, I think of like a, well, they go hand in hand, but think about, um, okay, you know when kids are playing with Play-Doh? and you have brand new Play-Doh, and you have like a nice red one, you have an orange one, you might have, whatever. And then after a while, they get played with, and they get all the colors get mixed together, and they're kind of gnarly and nasty looking. I think of that as anxiety. Okay, it's just a mishmash of a bunch of feelings. Now, there is probably fear in there. And if you notice you're genuinely afraid, that's one of the feelings that's probably in your so-called mix of anxiety. Um, but anxiety comes from not being in your body and not being aware of what's going on. And so many times, if we slow down with, you know, be where your feet are or or box breathing, then it's like, you know, maybe after you're doing this for two minutes, you can actually start to be like, oh my God, yeah, I'm really scared. I'm really scared that I'm going to get hurt. I'm really scared something's going to happen to me. And this is really important This is a really important piece of performance. If we're talking like you're doing a race where there's 20 miles in between aid stations and you need to make sure you have enough water. And is there if anything happens to me, am I going to be able to get out of this spot? Or if you think about competitive sports like diving or gymnastics or things that have potential like real danger, if you. Even mountain biking, that's a a perfect example, at least for us, because if we are stuck in that fear when we're going down a descent, what's the first thing that's going to happen? You're going to lock up and you're going to crash. You have to be aware of what's going on. And it's normal to, we should be afraid, right? I mean, we should be on guard, but we also need to learn how to relax. And that circles back to what you were saying, like, okay, I'm about to go down this descent. It's really gnarly. I know how to do this. I've done this before. I'm going to relax. I'm going to be where my body is. I'm going to scooch back in my seat a little bit. I'm going to let my hands go. Because for me, sometimes when I'm mountain biking, if I get really nervous, I notice I'm like squeezing the handlebars way too tight. Um, I'm going to, I'm picking my line. And you know, you walk yourself through these steps and you've had past experience where you've done this, right? So that's where some of the confidence comes from, like you were talking about before. But acknowledging your feelings is a great way to release and process them but a lot of times when we're anxious we just oh my god i'm just so anxious remember it's like tigger spinning 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 and going so fast that he doesn't even know what's going on as soon as you can find a way to drop into your body and go wow i'm 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 really scared i'm really sad i'm really worried um You'll start to feel these feelings and the feelings don't kill us, right? It feels like they will. What kills us is when they come out sideways, right? We, it could be locking up on a trail, um, or it could, you know, be it, or when feelings come out sideways, it could mean we're snapping at a family member or, um, or a loved one, or they can, they frequently come out in the form of addictions because we're, we have all these feelings and we can't handle them. So we're doing whatever we can to numb it. Just make it go away. We don't, want it to, we don't want it to come out. So let's come up with a coping mechanism that allows us to just dull it. And typically addictions are great in the beginning because they work. It's a coping skill that works until it doesn't. Right. And then we're repeating that same addictive behavior. We have to do it more frequently and we're not getting the results that we got when we when we first started, whatever it is. So got to drop in, got to be, you got to be where you are as, and it's uncomfortable, but I think it's the better option to, um, either failing, hurting yourself or somebody else, um, or just ultimately having stuff come out sideways.
1: Yeah. Um, there is a breathing app on. I'm sure there's breathing apps on every iPhone if you wanted to get them. But if you, because we talked to this podcast, reads a lot of nerds, athletes uh, Garmin has breath work on their. Watches. Do they? Yep. I didn't yep. even know that. Yep. And um, it automatically does box breathing and it gives you like a vibration on your thing. And it, like, do you know
0: why I don't know that? Because I am.
1: Don't know anything about technology.
0: Well, you tell me everything I know, so that's that's why I'm such an expert. Thank well, you. A little, that, was a little, that was a little compliment for you. Um, you got to learn what works for you and what doesn't. One thing that does not work for me is guided meditation or guided breathing, because I get so easily distracted by whatever you're saying that it pulls me out of where I am. That's me, though. But I know there's so many people who who use that. And it's a great tool. But learn, you know, learn what works and what doesn't. And the fact that it's it's on our watches, yeah. I don't even know. OK, Pretty
2: wild. cool. It, it works. Yeah. Good too. Try it it's, out. And yeah. See, it, see if it
0: works. Yeah, it's
1: not. It's not super invasive. It doesn't like go like
0: breathe in. Yeah, it just it
1: just vibrates. Counts for four, vibrates, counts for four, oh. vibrates, counts for four.
0: You just reminded me of something when you spoke like that. Okay, so remember how you were saying that it never works when you tell somebody to relax or chill out when when they're upset. Don't say hey, that. Just relax. <laughs> the other thing that can potentially go really wrong, unless um, unless you're unless you super know your audience, but I'm going to say don't do this, is when somebody has. When somebody's struggling with something, telling them, well, just go for a run. Just suck it up. You'll be fine. Or it doesn't have to be a run. Just freaking do it. Just just, just suck it up. You'll be fine. And just that sort of, your voice reminded me of the David Goggins mentality. Like, you're fine. People in China are dying and you're here in this privileged environment running a race. So just do it. And that can potentially just really piss people off and um, don't don't go all David Goggins on a person you're trying to support it's just not um, if that person is you know yeah don't because it's really just going to potentially shut them down and and piss them off Um, so yeah your voice reminded me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: i like i like what people don't make, be a
0: whiny bitch sean i
1: like i like when people make light of people's
0: struggles that makes
1: my that makes um people make light that's of my huge, struggles
0: yeah but no no we i laugh all the time at all of my jobs and that is how we survive um and I think if other people heard our humor, it would, it would seem really inappropriate. And we don't, you know, we're not like making fun of people or, or anything like that, but it's a coping mechanism. And I learned early on as a kid, like I make jokes as soon as something gets serious. Um, I often, you know, throw in a laugh just to lighten up, you know, lighten up the situation. And Sometimes it sometimes that's what needed. That's what's needed. So we don't take ourselves so seriously. Um, and as a person who I take myself very seriously, I overthink, I can easily screw up getting in my own head. Um, laughing saves me every day. So I appreciate your sense of humor. It's good. Cause it's really fucked up. <laughs> I might be really fucked up too. <laughs> Maybe that's why I find it so funny, but yeah. 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 So maybe that's why we work well together. I like because we're, we're both twisted, dark gotta and laugh, twisty.
1: Got to laugh at the stupidity. My, my. I know, like we were talking a little bit about like my PT and stuff like that. I, I, I've never had a PT that I have really liked. Um, and I like, I like this PT. He's fucking awesome, and he laughs at me all the time because he's like, I don't understand how you fucking run a hundred miles. You have the worst leg muscle control that I've, like, ever seen, like, for someone who's as fit as you, like, and he, like, just laughs at me, and he, like, watches me do fucking exercises, He's, like, it's so enjoyable watching you suffer like that, it just gets and, honestly, like, it's so weird, because cause he can, like, laugh at me, and it, and, like, it's when, like, dealing with, like, this little fucking thing, like, that I'm I'm dealing with, it's, like, at times, it's, like, the first hope that like I get like sometimes like it's just his like laughter, it's like, well, it's fucking regardless. It's not that serious. And he's not telling me I can't do X, Y, or Mm -hmm. Z, right? Like and so like it'll just we'll just fucking continue working through it. But like with anything, it's like those days where you're like, this is never gonna get better. It's never gonna fucking But if you got someone laughing at you, it'll make you everything better. Right. So to my athletes if I'm ever laughing at you, it's because you'll get through it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I think that if we, yeah, if we can't find the humor and we can't laugh at ourselves and find the silliness, because really the privilege that we have is immense. And I think about with, with, with work and, with the outdoor endeavors that we do, all the stuff that we do, we are so fortunate to be able to do this. And I I think it's cool. I think we have this great opportunity. And when we start to take ourselves too seriously, um, yeah, there's a big case for lighten up. Yeah.
1: There's nothing I like more than laughing at someone throwing up on the side of a trail. (laughs) I fucking love it. like, that's the most, like you've run yourself into the point where you're fucking throwing up and like, and having been there, like it's not enjoyable anyway, but it's hilarious to me. I mean, the only thing that might be funnier than that is if someone shits himself while running, that is pretty funny too.
0: Yeah. I think honestly, I'm trying to think I've seen, yeah, I've seen people in really rough shape and, uh, I, hallucinations. That's always funny that I just, when people are out of their mind, that's a good one. Um, yeah.
1: So <laughs> if you're if you're throwing up on the side of the trail and I'm
0: laughing at you, it's because I've been there. And yeah. I think it's hilarious. Um yeah, I think like anytime I've been with you, you've probably laughed at me. <laughs> so you never you never take me that you never take me that seriously. So Yeah.
1: So anyways, back to right yeah. like other things that we were talking about like when I was With dealing with people is like the understanding that they also have to have realistic expectations right like that's that's another side of things right like like right like everything that I said like right like when I was talking about like I have a belief that I could probably run a sub twenty hundred miler given good conditions I don't think I could run a sub 18 I don't have anything to say that I can run that, I maybe I can, maybe I can't, but until I would get to point A, I would say, well, the realistic expectation would be to run a sub 20, right? And then the next, maybe if I get to that, maybe then the next real expectation would be then maybe I could do a sub 18 or maybe if I ran like a 19 hour and then I'm like, well, maybe an 18 hour isn't the possibility, right? So it's like having, Those points where you can start putting together the realistic expectations, Mm -hmm. saying like, "I'm going to go and run a sub 24-hour hilly, mountainous first hundred miler in the desert," and your marathon time is four hours, right? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing in it that would lead a person to believe that that's a realistic expectation right? I've, I've had, I've I mean, and I don't know, I've had conversations with athletes. Like, I'm like, look at, this is like what you're doing right now. I think you can do, but it is at like, this is at the limit of your physical capability at this moment. It doesn't mean right. it will always be, but this, so like, you have to go out there and understand that you have to perform to the best of your ability to get the desired outcome. I've also right. had conversations with potential athletes where I was like, this is not where you're at. You're not going to get there in a year. Like, if you want to pursue this, this is like a long-term goal that maybe three, four years down the road, you'll be able to get to, mm-hmm. um, cause sometimes fucking having, like, I love the fact that people are so confident in themselves with no fucking background whatsoever. It's, it amazes me that people can be that way. Um, But sometimes you gotta make sure that that's ground. You gotta ground them in reality. Like there has to be a reality. Well, because you
0: you you need to you need to be safe. You know,
1: I mean, not even safe, but like, what's like? How do you right? So like, in any any relationship, coaching, friendship, fucking spouse, whatever it is, how do you build trust if you just cosign bullshit?
2: Right.
1: Like, yeah. Like how is there like how does that how does that exist? Like if I just tell you, yeah, man, you can BQ. I know you're like your marathon time that you've the three that you've run has all been 415, 420 and your BQs 310. I'm sure in a year's time we can bang that out. And You're like. Not mm. if you run not if you run three like 415 marathons and you're like, right, that's probably like. I mean, does it mean that we can't do it? No. But does it mean it's going to happen in a year time, six months time? Probably not. Right. There's probably some work that's going to be involved in
2: that.
0: Right. Um, well, and that's just using preparation, preparation to give you a solid dose of reality. And that keeps the anxiety down.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. All
1: right. Are, Where you, to are, now? You, feeling,
0: are you feeling calm?
1: i'm very I'm very calm. do you want to talk do you want to talk about stuff that makes me anxious the the twenty four hour western states makes me super anxious every time it snows, I get a little more mm. anxious about it, yeah, fucking it's terrifying to me. there's so much snow there terrifying
0: that's a, yeah, the weather over there right now is a nightmare
1: nine I think they're nine eight or nine hundred inches on the year really ridiculous like I looked. Right. You know, just to fucking add to my anxiety. In western states, I think it was like 92, 93, they had a similar snow year and then the canyons were like 100 plus degrees. They actually added two hours to the finish time. So they allowed it to go for 32 hours to accommodate for the situation, the conditions being as bad as they were.
0: I think you need to breathe.
1: Okay. Can you picture, can you picture being out on the course and being like, um, missing a cut and like, I'm just going to fucking phone it in and then get found out like, no, that there was like That's, a two, hour, there was a two hour grace, grace period. Okay. Yeah. And you were like, fuck, if I had known, I would have been able to like,
0: all right. Right. That's yeah.
1: proof. So Just proof. Don't fucking ever quit. Cause you never know what's yeah. going to happen. No. Make them pull you off the course.
0: So do you want to know what song I picked for today?
1: Oh man, what song did you pick for today? This is this is this is. Whew. All right, now I'm now I'm excited. What do we got?
0: This is what you didn't finish your sentence. Dude, I was just excited. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm excited.
1: It was so a surprise. This is
0: exciting. So you're gonna finish the thought. Say this is so exciting, Megan. This is you're so exciting. so anxious. It was, it so it exc- su- you're so excited you can't even get the thought
1: out. It. Ah! it was. It's such a surprise. Oh, I just. God. I feel like I felt like that was a hard turn into like Megan's like I don't want to deal with your anxiety. Especially about your stupid race. Fuck
0: you. We're no, gonna... I just, we're coming <laughs> up on an hour. I told you to breathe. Sean, I, do you, do you want advice or do you want me to listen? Just hold space, Megan. Okay, hold on. Ready? Do you feel better? Dude, I. I now I, I'm going to laugh at you. ha, 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 you. Stuck, you're gonna be in the snow you're gonna be so hot you're gonna die fuck it dude no. eight, 800 inches of snow fucking. i know it's... i know it is in all seriousness it it is a lot i just think like you you cannot you have no control no. so whatever you can possibly do like whether it's meditating whether it's go punch you know go hit a punching bag whatever it works for you to remind yourself to let it go. You have no control. And that anxiety that you're feeling is probably going to impede your performance. That's me giving you like the So, so now like I can take this approach with Sean because I obviously know him. I know you, (laughs) you know, but I, you know, know your audience, but like with you, like you have to think about it straight, straight on. The more you fret, the more you worry, the more anxious you are. Um, you're all, it's even going to screw up your training, right? Up, Everything. Cause you don't know, oh my God, am I spending too much time in the heat? Is or should I be spending more and more time in the snow? Should I go run on the beach? Wait a minute. Am I good? You know, how, what should I do for hydration? Is it going to mess with my stomach? If it's cold, if it's co-? you can't control it. So for, but here's the good news is that your crew and the people around you and even the people you're training with. All of us around you are going to keep you in check in the meantime, because you are prepping for all possible scenarios. You're going to practice, you're going to practice your nutrition. Right now you're training in the cold. Um, In a few months, you're going to be training in the heat. Um, You're doing everything you can. So it's just letting that anxiety, you know, letting, like maybe you need like a Scott Jurek primal scream. Don't do it now in my ears, Um, (laughs) but to get it out.
1: Okay. On a a serious note, though, my nutrition has been
0: on point. Oh, yeah. Since we spoke, since we spoke um, with Sam last time, oh, I did, you know, I did look, I I have been really trying to pay attention and make sure I'm eating better. Um, But man, it's so hard. Golly. And I'm not training for anything. I think if I were training, I think maybe that's the problem right there if I'm training, I know exactly what I have to eat. Did I have enough calories? You know, I just, I automatically, but when I'm not training, I have the ability to, to skip meals and kind of go all over the place. So glad one of us is getting it right.
1: Yeah. No, my, I, I more specifically my training or my nutrition on run has been on point. My calorie intake has been fucking good. The last, last like two or three weeks, it's been I might start trying to push more than 300 calories.
0: Um, I was actually just going to say that, you know what you should do is try to push a little bit more and in, in this weather and then try again when it starts to get hot and just see where your tipping point is. I mean, and I don't mean to sound sadistic, but if you vomit, um, then you'll know you ate too much. Or, you know, if it, if you're having GI issues, your stomach is making weird sounds like you almost want to push it just a little bit to know what you can, to know what you can, um, you know, to know what you can do and what, yeah. And it's quite out, standard.
1: easier yeah. fucking take calories in, but
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: for sure. All right. So Megan, what is your surprise song
0: that I'm so excited about? so it's a Sturgill Simpson song and if you haven't heard of Sturgill Simpson you need to check him out right now and this song I actually heard it on the radio yesterday maybe Um, but it's Keep It Between the Lines and it's from his 2016 release um, Sailor's Guide to Earth and this album is psychedelic country, I think is what it's called. Um it's a very trippy kind of country sound. But this song just offers that like just listen to the lyrics, it just offers solid life advice, keeping it really simple. And yeah. That's it. So that's just when you listen, just stay just remember to breathe, Sean. Just be where your body is. Yep, be where your body is and Keep it between the lines. Right on. All
1: right, Meg. Talk to you later.
0: Later. Bye.